0: And let's read a passage from John chapter 16. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away." because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the, the Presence and the power of your spirit. I thank you for the spirit and in the, in the believer Who guides us into all truth and Lord? I thank you for the pursuit of the spirit in the non-believer who also reveals truth to them by revealing Jesus And I pray you do that this morning in Jesus name. Amen and You may be seated uh, No one ever spoke the way Jesus did and over the last few uh, Over the last few weeks, I've uh, I've mentioned that several times. I mean, he said outrageous things. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. I mean, that's pretty outrageous stuff. And Jesus spoke that way. But I don't know that he said anything more outrageous than this. It's good. It's for your good that I'm going away. What? It's a good thing for Jesus to leave? To be gone when you... When you get right down to it, that uh, that just doesn't even sound right. There's uh, there's uh, there's something about that that uh, something about that, that that doesn't that doesn't ring true. But yet he said it, so it must be true. And so I got to thinking about that this week, and a couple of reasons. And one of the reasons isn't necessarily in this passage, but I'm, I want to mention it anyway. I, I call it the nuclear principle. I mean, we, di- we discovered back in the, in the middle of the 20th century that you could do a much bigger bang by getting a whole bunch of atoms to chain react than you could any other way. I mean, you, you if you got just a big explosive, it would do a little bit of damage. But if you could get a whole bunch of little atoms to chain react, Man, things could really go crazy. And if Jesus were here and he were only one person, wow, uh, there there, there would be some issues there. First of all, Jesus couldn't be everywhere. Uh, He he would be in the vicinity of Jerusalem, at least that's where he was. But because he went away and others were then left with the advocate, Thomas was said to have uh, gone to India, which... uh, uh, that's a long way from Jerusalem. Paul went to, uh, went to Spain, uh, more than likely. Joseph of Arimathea went to uh, uh, Great Britain. Uh, a lot of believers went a bunch of other places. My question is, would anybody have been willing to go if Jesus had stayed? I mean, who's going to go, I, I, Lord, I would like to leave you now. <laughs> you know, they don't write songs about, Lord, send me from your presence. It just doesn't happen, and, and if and if Jesus, if Jesus had had remained, then uh, how could the mission have really gotten done? And what if he didn't look like you? I mean, we don't all look like each other, and I'm not just talking about the fact that you know some of us are handsome. Or used to be handsome, anyway. <laughs> no, amens on that. Uh, but no, uh, seriously. You know what? What if he? What if he didn't look like you? Uh, if you go on, uh, you know, if you if you Google Jesus Christ images, uh, uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna find you're gonna find he came from a bunch of different places and look like a bunch of different people. You know, but if he were here, some of us would be very disappointed, have a hard time relating to Jesus that looks looks like this. Uh, Would we have understood his mission any better? Well, we didn't understand it while he was here the first time you yeah, know they we, they they kept uh he would talk about the kingdom and they they were thinking oh okay well he we we need to make him king we're we're going to we're going to make him a literal king ruler we vote for Jesus and that wasn't what he was that wasn't what he was about at all in fact there were many times that he had to separate himself from the people to keep them from forcing this kind of thing on him peter <laughs> you know you didn't get much closer to Jesus than peter but uh but Peter rebuked Jesus whenever Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross and die. Peter goes, never Lord, that'll never happen. Yeah. Did he understand what Jesus was talking about? And it it wasn't just because he talked in parables and stuff. There's a passage over in, in Mark where Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. What's hard to understand about that? And yet it says they did not understand what he meant. And they were afraid to ask him about it. And would we have been willing to follow the advocate if Jesus were still present? See, uh, we, we will almost always opt for what is seen over what is unseen. If we can put our hands on it, if we can touch it, we go okay. Yeah, I got. I got that over that, the invisible world out there, which is unfortunate because Paul says over in 2 Corinthians that what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. But if we've got the seen in front of us, it's very hard for us to. Uh, it's very hard for us to see beyond it. Uh, there's a church down in Shreveport. Louisiana called I believe it's called community church and uh, the pastor is Denny Duran he's he's a, a just terrific guy and uh, Margaret and I've gone down a couple times to some conferences there and I remember uh, The first conference we went to I don't know how he got on this topic, but he was talking about when he first took the church Now his his dad had had the church before that and then he grew up in this church and when he first took the church he uh... When I say took the church, I mean it wasn't like <clears throat> I'm taking this church. <laughs> they when they when they asked him to be the pastor and he became the pastor, uh, he said the first thing that he did was he went to the to the men who were on the board with his dad and asked them all to resign. And and it wasn't once again like you know I, I would like your resignation, please. What what he said to them was, all of you men are like fathers and. And uncles and 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 elder relatives in my life you've poured into my life you're important to me but now I would like to ask you the privilege of being able to have your sons serve with me so that we can bring to fruition what the Lord has given into our lives see there are times when something is good but it's got to get out of the way For what's supposed to come next and we never like to see the good get out of the way for what's supposed to come next and so Jesus said it's good for you that I'm going to go away because the advocate is going to come the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit comes he's got work to do and and one of the things that, that Jesus says that he that he has to do is that he will convict the world of guilt. And uh, the passage that we, the the translation that we read today said he will uh, convince the world that it is wrong in regard to, wrong about. Uh, But I'm used to to this translation, same thing. He will convict the world of guilt, which means that that's not our job. I I grew up in a, uh, I grew up in 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 a church culture where I heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon about how guilty I was. And that's why I got saved so many times.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and especially since the, you, you know, I mean, I'd I, I hear that and i think, man, he's talking to me. And since he lived with me, he usually was talking to me. <laughs> and, and, you know, he hit home where, where, where it really lived there. And, you know, we have a tendency to think or I, I was brought up with a tendency to think that, you know, you gotta, you got to let the world know that they're sinning. No, you don't. They know it. Well, they don't act like they know it. Oh, really? Yeah, you, ever, you ever heard of bluffing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've got this, they got this thing up going, ah, you know, I'm just, but in here, in here, everybody knows they're missing it everybody knows uh, back in the i think it came out in the 70s might have come out in the late 60s there was a book called god smuggler uh, brother andrew uh, how many of you have ever seen read that book or anything okay well you you're an old timer if you've uh, if you've read that uh or you're interested in antiquities uh but there's a story in in there that that resonated with me so much that it's, it's just never left me uh, he was working in a factory and there was a very foul-mouthed wicked woman working in the factory as well and and he had a burden on his heart for him, but, you but know, yeah this this woman she's just got to get saved and he prayed and prayed and prayed and and she got worse and worse and worse and then <clears throat> There was a, a meeting, a revival meeting or evangelistic meeting being held in a, in a town nearby. And he really felt like the Lord had told him to invite her. And he did. And lo and behold, she agreed to go. And so he had a motorcycle. So he, he picked her up on the motorcycle and drove to the meeting. And, and apparently it was just a great meeting, a great service. And the, and the Lord was really there in 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 a powerful way people could feel him and uh an altar call was given and she didn't move and uh so he, he 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 decided on the way home he was just gonna let her know just what kind of person she was and that uh you know anybody who could sit through a service like that and not be touched and not come down and not give your life to the lord you're just you're going to burn woman you know that's that's what that's what he had intended to tell her but when they got when he got on the on the bike and they start home the holy ghost just shut his mouth and he couldn't say anything and after he let her off he went home beating himself up going oh god you know i failed you you gave me this chance i didn't say anything i kept my mouth shut i should have spoken that's very unusual for us to keep our mouth shut when we should have spoken. Uh, but, you know, that's how he was feeling about it until the next day at work she came up to him with tears in her eyes going, how can I get saved? And he said, what? You, you were at the service, you wouldn't, you wouldn't move when an altar call was given and the Lord was powerful there and, and here you are, you want to know how, what happened? And she said, well, you didn't say anything to me. And I just figured that you thought I was so far gone and so wicked that that I had no chance and and I couldn't sleep last night. How do I get saved? It's the Holy Ghost's job to convict people. And He will. And we generally can only mess it up. And so we let Him do His work. And He will convict the world of guilt. In regard to sin because they do not believe in Christ. Now, sin itself is actually missing the mark. You perhaps have heard that. The mark is what we were created for in the first place, which is we were created in the image of God. We were created to be like Him. And so the mark is perfection. And when we miss that, then when we're we're not like him, then that's what sin is. And most of the time we tend to think of ourselves, you know, well, we hit a little closer on some things, a little farther away on other things. and uh, You know, but we kind of, but really our pattern tends to be more like this. We, We usually aren't even anywhere close to the target. You get right down to it. But the core of sin is unbelief. I mean, the core, the... The, the reactor core that gets things going is how, how we, f- not how we feel, what we believe about Jesus Christ. Uh, over in John chapter 6, the Jews came to Jesus and they asked him, what must we do to do the work, the work that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he sent. Period. And? There is no end. There's a period at the end of it. Because you see, if we believe in the one that he sent, if we believe in Jesus, we'll fall in love with him. And when you fall in love with him, you you begin to gravitate toward him. You begin to be, you begin to become like him because it's it's we've turned we turn sin into so many things that aren't real. what they are is they're manifestations of sin, they're they're, uh, they're the outward evidence of the disease that we've got. They're not the disease itself. The disease is unbelief. In Jesus Christ. When I was uh, when I was younger, I used to. Consider the prospect of deathbed repentance. And I'm sure Alan did too, which is why he uh, chuckled over there. Because this is the deathbed repentance. The idea was, okay, uh, you know, if you've lived your life for the devil or whatever, and then you you get on your deathbed and you go, I'm sorry, please forgive me, Jesus. And, you know, and he does. And I, and I, and I would ponder, is that is that fair? And is that feasible? Uh, because actually you know, as long as I don't die in an accident, I could probably pull that off. And uh, just being honest here, you know about what I, what I was thinking. But as I've gotten older, I realized... For somebody to live their entire life going, I don't believe, I don't accept, you're not who it is, I'm gonna base my life on something else, and then get to the end and go, oh, gee, I guess I was wrong. Man, that's hard. That's really hard to imagine somebody doing. And you know what? If they can, if they actually can, uh, Uh, Yeah, God will, I'm sure God will accept them. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could live my life that way and then get to the end of it and go, just fooling. What was your life all about? Sin is to not believe in the one that he has sent. And he will convict the world of righteousness because Jesus goes to the Father. Righteousness simply means that God says you're right. Righteousness is not something you do, it's something God says. Whatever God says is right is righteous. Whoever God says is right is righteous. And and that that was the case with Jesus, it's the case with us. Uh, Romans 3.20 says, No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by works of the law. Romans 1.17, the gospel, in the gospel, a righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by, by faith from first to last, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. In Romans, Romans 3, 22, right, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And Jesus was righteous, and boy, did God ever declare it. He declared it by raising him from the dead when the, when the, when the world tried to kill him. He declared it by, he declared it by establishing him uh, at his right hand. He, he declared it by exalting him to the highest place and giving him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father because God said He's right. He's righteous and the Holy Spirit's the only one who can who, who can convince and convict of that because you know I, I, when, when I say when I read that verse that that passage up there those two verses something inside me goes yeah yes and probably for a lot of you when you when you hear that passage when you when you read it something inside goes amen yes you know what that something is because the world doesn't feel that way when it hears that. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the advocate. It's the Holy Spirit inside of believers. We'll convict the world of judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The devil was defeated at the cross. The story began in Genesis 3.15 with regard to this where god said to the serpent i'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers he will crush your head and you will strike his heel and at the cross that's exactly what happened i mean jesus you know suffered suffered but the enemy got finished there one of my favorite passages is Colossians 2.15. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. A public spectacle of them. Now, wait a minute. He was stripped. He was beaten. He had the crown of thorns on his head. He was hanging on, you know, dying the death of a criminal. And yet, it was a, it, what he was doing was making a spectacle out of the, out of the enemy, When I, was, uh, when, I was, when I was a kid, every now and then you'd hear this phrase, I'll fight you with one hand tied behind me. You little pipsqueak, you know, come on. Uh, Jesus destroyed the works of Satan with both hands nailed to a tree. His feet nailed, beaten within an inch of his life. And if he can do that in that kind of condition, what, what, what can he do on his horse? Seriously I'm not really a preacher. I'm a teacher so you, you know you keep you keep keep your coat on here <laughs> but I, 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 yeah the prince of this world now stands Condemned and it's time to say well. He's the the devil's still kind of out there messing around uh, He's just got a little time left That's all And when the Holy Spirit the advocate comes, he also leads believers into truth. Every time I sit to read the Bible, every time I sit down to read the Bible, which happens at least daily and often more than once a day, uh, <clears throat> it always starts out with this, Holy Spirit, come help me. I'm, I'm just, uh, all I've got is a carnal mind. Come, Come and help me. Help me understand this. Help, help me to keep this in my heart. Help me to see the things that you, that you want me to see as I read here. Because it's his book. He wrote it. You know, some, would, some today would speak as if the, the Bible and the, and the Holy Spirit were at odds with each other at times. That's a lie. That, that, that can never be the case. Peter, 2 Peter 121, prophecy, which is the word of God, never had its origin in the human will, unless it's false prophets. But, pro- but prophets, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And he hadn't changed his mind about stuff. And he understands. Uh, you know, if you've got a favorite book, a favorite novel, or something, to have the opportunity to to sit down with the novelist and go, "Well, what were you thinking here? And 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 where where do you think this this part of the story is going to go? And how does this fit in there?" I mean, that that's a great thing. Every time you open the book, he's there. He's there. He's he's the one who wrote it. He's the, he's the one who. Who knows what it's really saying? And He lives in you. And it's so important that He does that Jesus said, It's good for you that I'm going away. Wow. (laughs) But you know what? I'm glad that wasn't the only thing Jesus ever said to us. (laughs) Because He also said, If I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go away and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again. The same Jesus, whom you've seen ascend into heaven, will come in like manner as you've seen him go. You ever missed anybody? I mean, you ever had anybody that you you missed, a friend or something that's been gone for a long time, and and then you know you're going to see him again? And there's that there's that anticipation, there's that joy, and then you, you finally do see him again, and it's like, wow, it's so good to see you. <laughs> yeah. That's real life. That's, what, that's what's going on. He, he, he didn't leave us because he didn't like us. He didn't leave us to leave us as orphans. He left us because... When we see him again, our joy will be made complete. And his will too. Would you stand with me? And with those who are going to pray with people, if you'd come forward. <laughs> uh, and if you need prayer, if you need prayer for anything, the Holy Spirit is present. The Spirit of Christ is here we can introduce you to Christ if you don't know him uh, if you need healing he still heals if you need wisdom if you need just help you know that sometimes you get in places in your life where the only the only thing you know how to say is help You don't even know how to phrase it any more than that he knows he knows if you don't need to come worship with us for a few moments we'll wait on those who do need to come but if you do come on
1: Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be over. There's nothing worth more <laughs> that will, will ever, ever come close. Nothing can come.
0: something I, uh, I I think it was clear but let me make it clear I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit came to replace Jesus uh, I'm not saying that Jesus got out of the way so that because the Holy Spirit was better or something like that the Holy Spirit came to make Jesus real to you he's here to prepare the bride because the bridegroom's coming that's what that's about Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and the Father of our Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world so that we might know him, whom to know is life eternal, and who sent the Holy Spirit into the world so that we might be prepared to be like him. May the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit rest upon your life may Jesus be revealed to you and those around you in Jesus name Amen